Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Back when I was younger, a lot younger, (laughs) I was going to a small church, and after only attending for about a year or so, I was asked to be on the church board. I was a little surprised since most everyone else on that board were, you know, these old men that I was sure prayed every minute of the day that they weren't having a board meeting, right? (laughs) I, I saw them as these, you know, stalwarts of the congregation and, and highly spiritual individuals. I was not a new Christian myself, but I, I did not see myself on their same level, so to speak. What I found being on that board was that they were just like me, someone who didn't really read their Bible enough and could use a little more time on my knees praying, to be perfectly honest. Uh, this surprised me some. These were not ungodly men, uh, just people that could benefit from a little more time in the Word. When I became a youth pastor years later, my denomination encouraged us to subscribe to a sermon service. <laughs> a, a sermon service is one that puts together sermons for pastors each week, so that they don't have to spend a lot of time in preparation. I was again surprised by this as I felt that having your sermons prepared ahead of time took away from a pastor's time in the Word. And there were already a lot of distractions that, you know, did just that, that kind of took a pastor away from time in the Word. Uh, I asked why the the district was pushing this sermon service, and they said that there were a lot of youth pastors that did not spend as much time in the Bible as they should, and that the service would put together a more biblical-based sermon for them. (laughs) They also said, you know, uh, it would unify, um, you know, the message across the the district and all kinds of other things. But when it really, what it boiled right down to was, that there were a lot of sermons being put together by youth pastors that weren't necessarily completely Bible-based. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And that uh, they they were hoping that by using this uh, service that they would have a more Bible-based type sermon. Well, then, when I became a lead pastor, I spent a lot of time Uh, encouraging people to read their Bible. Um, You know, it it was one of the biggest things that I had to do. uh, And and one of my priorities, really, as a lead pastor was just simply getting people to read their Bible more. Uh, I found that even Christians did not spend a lot of time reading the Word. Most had not read the the whole thing, you know, and and didn't uh, did not know many of the basic truths contained in it. I mean, it was kind of eye-opening in some ways. I found that, that, I, that it was difficult for them to determine if something was biblical or not, because they didn't, they didn't really know what the Bible said in the first place. We all live busy lives, and finding time to just sit down can be a challenge. I understand that. 
but there isn't much that is more important than understanding what God is saying to us through his word. And really, that is a big way that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through the Bible. Many will say, well, I don't don't hear God. I don't understand what he's saying to me. Well, then maybe read the Bible a little bit more and you'll see the very thing that God is actually saying to you. Because of this lack of understanding of the Bible and what it contains, many Christians fall prey to those that claim to to really breach uh, biblical truths, um, but instead just spew heresy. These things can sound really good and even have a nugget or two of real truth, but in the end, just lead people away with lies and deceit. So when I came across this article, by Karina Benton uh, of The Federalist. She, she wrote a piece entitled, Why Woke Christianity is the Greatest Threat to Christians Today. And, um, and, and, and I, I, it really caught my eye because of my experiences in, in this area. And she said, at its core and under the guise of the pseudo-Christian values of progressive and tolerance, liberal Christian heresy entails a destructive lie is is how she uh, you know catches us uh, wanting to read her article and and it comes from a catholic perspective uh which catholics and i we certainly definitely have our differences <laughs> i would say uh there's a lot of things that i just do not get on board with when it comes to uh catholicism but uh, but here's something that I think we totally agree on, and I wanted to to bring this article to light for you. Um, and she starts out, my child's private Catholic elementary school recently welcomed a queer promoting transgender advocate as part of its anti-racism speaker series, uh, declaring diversity of identity and thought is at, is a core characteristic of our Catholic faith. The school uh, insinuated the uh, transgender experience and uh, defining ourselves uh, for ourselves can result in more love. <laughs> wow. And that such ideas are consistent with the sanctity of each individual as created in God's image. Wow. How, how long did they have to work on that statement? <laughs> wow. Uh, um, just <laughs> some of the buzzwords there. Oh man. Anyway, she continues the school em- schools embrace of anti-Christian Marxist critical race theory was outrageous enough. The latest attempt, however, aims to pass off as Catholic an ideology that undermines Catholic teaching on family and sexuality while uh, blaspheming the creator and judge. So I decided to yank my child out of the school and find a more theologically sound learning environment, is what she said. She said, this is the liberal Christianity that is corrupting our schools, universities, and churches at the hands of woke misguided, and just poorly um, catenized administrators, uh, teachers, and pastors. At its core, the un, under the, and under the guise of the pseudo-Christian values of progressive 
um, tolerance. The liberal Christianity heresy entails the most destructive lie in the history of the church, a rejection of the self-denial and sacrifice demonstrated on the road to Golgotha. Indeed, as much as such, a posture distorts the very meaning of what it means to be Christian. It is most um, pernicious threat confronting Christians today. Now, let me start, stop here. I, I would, again, very much agree with her. Here is somebody, somebody who, who took their children out of public schools because of what's going on, felt like, um, you know, paying for a private school, in this case, a Catholic private, private school would be, you know, a much better learning environment for them. And yet what is she seeing? She's seeing not only are she, is she seeing these, uh, this racist type of um, stuff taught the critical race theory type things. But then now all of a sudden it's this whole thing of, uh, you can be homosexual and, and that's okay with God. Um, and so, you know, it's not just public school type settings and she's yanking her kids out of that and not paying for, I, I listen, I know somebody who just yanked their kids out of uh, the public schools and, and, uh, and they're taking their two daughters and putting them in, in Catholic schools and they're having to pay over $3,000 a month just to do that. Uh, but it, it, it's, it is something that it, it's worth it because their daughters are getting a much better education. Now here's somebody saying, Hey, here's, here's some Catholic schools that are not any better than the public schools. And they're teaching this stuff. So she continues in the article, whether it's Catholic bishops kneeling to the Black Lives Matter movement, which we saw, Jesuit priests questioning the the biblical condemnation of homosexuality, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America's election of their first transgender bishop, or Baptist pastors promoting abortion, liberal Christianity heresy abounds. The cancerous idea that God's law is subject to the prevailing culture has spread from politics, academia, and the corporate media and is permeating our Christian institutions. I, again, could not disagree with her on this at all. The ascendancy of Catholic Joe Biden. <laughs> Remember when Joe Biden got elected as president, he was, oh man, he's such a great Catholic, right? She says the ascendancy of Catholic Joe Biden, and she puts it in quotes, to the White House produced a flurry of media commentary gushing over the promising future of progressive Christianity. The New York Times kicked things off with the claim that under Biden, a different, more liberal Christianity is on the rise suggesting that he has elevated his own liberal Catholicism to the center of our national life. <laughs> you can just hear, I mean, you, you can hear the, this whole fawning thing happening, right? She said, an NBC op-ed rejoices that the election of the candidates like Marxist sympathizer, uh, Raphael Warnock, of course of Georgia, right? Uh, heralds a shift in American religious discourse toward social, racial, and economic, even climate justice. USA Today frets that the 
naysaying white evangelicals and mainline Catholics would likely resist attempts to rein in Christian norms by reflect uh, to reflect Biden's equity-based identity politics agenda that promotes access to abortion and LGBTQ uh, legal preferences. Uh, these articles uh, disingenuously pit abortion and sexual morality against poverty, racism, um, immigration, and the environment. Uh, a pesky group of um, agnostic Christian bigots, <laughs> is what she says, on the right with their progressive counterparts on the left. The message is clear. Conservative Christianity, bad. Liberal Christianity, good. The division of uh, illusionary, however, uh, God's law, which flows from his perfect nature, is rational, immutable, and eternal. It doesn't evolve and adapt. Christ's message of repentance and redemption applies to all people and all nations across all ages. And I would, I, I would emphasize this even more. You see, oftentimes... Uh, it's a good thing when churches try to be more relevant. In other words, to get stuck in ruts can can really drag a church down and, and really kill it. But unfortunately, what happens oftentimes is the pendulum swings, swings way too far. And what we see is in an attempt for a denomination or a particular church, uh, and they're striving to be relevant, they take on um, and change what the Bible has to say. Uh, they they uh, try to emphasize certain aspects of Christ and then uh, totally uh, miss other parts as well. And so uh, when we try to evolve, when we, when we try to adapt to society, we have to make sure that we don't do that at the expense of what truths we find contained within the Bible. So she continues on here. She says, unfortunately, too many Christians have fallen for what Rod uh, Dreher refers to in Lives Not by Lies, uh, Live Not by Lies, um, as the myth of progress. This belief central to Marxists, and it's, it's true, this belief central to Marxist ideology contains, uh, maintains mankind is marching ever forward toward perfect liberty, equality, and solidarity, holding that those who get in the way of ignorant are ignorant, backward, and bigoted. And, and I will say that that is so much of what we see in our discussion is if you get in the way of this Marxist agenda, then you are just classified. I mean, then it's, it, then it's, it's, it's kill the messenger time, right? Uh, you're ignorant, you're backward, you're bigoted, you're racist, you're all this stuff. Um, instead of actually having a conversation, as they like to say, about what is being said and done here. She says, wrapped up in this myth is the equality, uh, pernicious no notion of tolerance, which in the current context requires one law to doctrines and behaviors that radical idea uh, ideologues approve of as moving society forward while mercilessly condemning the beliefs, traditions, and standards that oppose it, basically saying what I just said. The 20th century totalitarian uh, regimes all vowed to usher an 
uh, in a utopian society, yet uh, wound up enslaving their people and committing crimes against humanity. As Dreher explains, when a biblical understanding of God is uh, severed from the picture, so-called progress toward the betterment of mankind um, becomes a, a, a decent uh, descent into chaos, depravity, and darkness. So basically what she's saying is that that there are the 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 liberal Christian Christian really firmly de, oftentimes does not believe in heaven even does not really believe in sin but believes in this kind of utopian society where we're supposed to unify to, at some point the earth is going to unify together and they're going to make make sure that everything is just kumbaya right and of course we know from the Bible that the only time that's going to happen is is right before Christ comes back again in Armageddon, right? That's when the world's going to say, you know, there's peace in our time, peace, peace. Everything is finally, there's no more war. <clears throat> and, and what's going to happen is then that's when Christ comes back, right? And the world unifies against him. Uh, she, she continues and says, another factor enabling the liberal heresy is poor catechism and a, and a, consequentially weak grasp of Christian theology. Recent surveys reveal alarming trends. And this is really interesting here. You might want to listen to this point. Almost one third of evangelical Christians agree with the heretical statement that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Did you get one third of evangelical Christians? And more than 40% believe the heretical idea that God accepts the worship of all religions, you know, where God is just the hub and you can get to God by all kinds of different religions, right? Only half of the self-identified Christians believe that God is the basis of absolute moral truth. With only 37 and 43% of mainline Protestants and Catholics respectively holding this view. Now, again, these are Christians and these are Catholics these are these are Protestants. These are these are church-going people that so many of which do not believe that Jesus was God, and do not believe that that God is the basis of absolute moral truth, and that is staggering. She continues and says things are similarly confused regarding uh, morality. One of five evangelicals believe gender identity is a matter of choice. More than half of the Catholics say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. And more than 50% of Christians of all denominations think casual sex is sometimes or always acceptable. 40% of Catholics are more worried about climate change than they are about the persecution of Christians. Given this murky picture, many Christians don't bat an an eye when CNN's Don Lemon prognificates that God is not about judging people. Georgia Senator uh, Raphael Warnock teaches, and, and again, he's a pastor, or at least was anyway, teaches we can save ourselves through helping others. And uh, anti-racist activist Ibram X. Ken- uh, Kendi preaches that uh, savior theology breeds bigotry and supports racist, uh, racist ideals. It's why too few are alarmed when even 
Pope Francis writes the uh, that non-Christians drink from other sources, implying that salvation through Christ is merely one of many roads up the mountain. Yet Christ himself repeatedly rejected the liberal heresy when Satan used the same empty promises to attempt and 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 to tempt Christ in, in the desert while praying in uh, Gethsemane on the eve of his crucifixion, and finally at Golgotha when the Pharisees and 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 high priests mocked him and promised to you know believe in him if he would come down from the cross. What Christ demonstrated was that we must deny ourselves, carry our cross, and obey God's laws, and conform to God's wills, even if this means yielding our own comfort. Uh, you know, our 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 disordered desires, our safety, and yes, even our very lives. This is the antithesis of liberal Christianity. The latter implies a passive and neutral deity who orders himself according to our personal uh, definitions of reality. It promotes compromise, self-indulgence, uh, and subjective truth, vesting both the in individual and man-made institutions with exclusive authority to approve moral codes and adjudicate conduct strips Christ of all roles as judge and redeemer. So what she's saying, and, and, and again, I could not agree with her more, is that, you know, this, this whole thing is, is we know Satan is not a, a creative guy. And, and, and he's posing the same and trying to do the same thing he tried to do with Christ. He's trying to say that, that this, you know, that how, how can we know truth? We can't know truth. So, so God is going to, to morph in, in, into whatever truth you believe. And whatever, whatever you believe is true, well, that, that'll be true. That'll be okay. And that's not what Scripture says. She continues and says, The venerable Ful, uh, Fulton Sheen once um, prophesied, uh, the conflict uh, of the future would be between the God who became man and the man who makes himself God. Isn't that interesting? And he's he's right on. the The future, the conflict of the future, would be between the God who made himself man, obviously Christ, right, and the man who makes himself God. So many of this liberal Christianity do this. They try to make themselves God. And they try to say that this is what we can do. This is, we can make, we can make this earth a utopia. The rejection of God's creation of man and, and woman in, in his image, the, um, she says the, the, uh, attribution uh, of evil to oppressor races and social structures rather than original sin, and the affront of the author of life by, uh, you know, butchering uh, basically a, a million, almost a million innocent babies in the womb each year in the U.S. alone, is the, you know, elevation of man over the cross. When we, what, what she's saying is when, when we come up with, with ourselves as the ones that we need to rely on, then this is what we get. We get uh, we we start calling people evil 
just because of their race or uh, you, you, there's no such thing as as sin. Uh, there's uh, we we can we can butcher these babies with abortions and it's okay. This condemnation, uh, th- this this uh, contempt, she says, for the cross is as old as the church itself. And the uh, second century bishop and theologian uh, Irenus uh, wrote a uh, treatise on the uh, heretical Christian sects that had sprung up like mushrooms out of the ground, she says, and were endangering Christian life. So even back then, this was a thing. She says um, that that um, back then they, they were dealing with these, these uh, heretics, these people that would uh, say, well, you know, Christianity is really good and it's a really good message, but Christ wasn't God. And it had, and it continues on to today. She says, I just had, um, or, or she, she says, that this, this is the grave challenge facing Christians today. Uh, Heathrow Heath trusted institutions are exploiting biblical concepts like sanctity of the individual and love of neighbor to promote an array of highly noxious ideologies. The obsession with appearing uh, progressive and tolerant, exacerbated by the misunderstanding of Christian theology and morality, is leaving Christians vulnerable to a disordered faith that is willing enough to embrace Jesus, but not the self-denial, sacrifice, and salvation exemplified on his cross. And again, I, I just could not let this one go without bringing it to your attention. I had a conversation with a liberal Christian just the other day when they posted actually a meme saying uh, this. It said, the problem with love the sinner, hate the sin is the assumption that you start with, uh, that, that you start with is someone's actions, lifestyle, or belief is inherently unlovable. You've already decided that some part of them needs to be hated before you begin loving. This is not the model of Christ, unquote. So that was the meme, right? So basically, they're just taking a, a stab at those that would say, love the sinner, hate the sin. They're saying, well, then you're, you're hating people. Well, here's, here's my response, and, and, and see if you agree with me. First, the assumption is correct when the Bible says it is. You may not agree because you may not agree and, 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 and believe with the Bible, but those that say this believe sin separates us from God because it does. That's the definition of sin. Just because someone does something to separate themselves from God doesn't mean that I need to hate them. Why would I hate anything? Why would I not hate anything that separates them from God? That was my response. You see, my concern uh, for them... Sh- shows that I love them. If if I didn't love them, I would not care what they did, right? We don't have to agree on everything to still love each other and not hate each other. But we can hate what separates them from God. Thus, I can love those that separate themselves from God, but still love the person choosing to do so it's it's okay. You see, it's this is an illustration, I believe, 
of what liberal Christians love to do. They love to set up a straw man argument with a nugget of truth and then shoot it down to further their agenda. The nugget of truth here is that Christ does not want us to hate others. And that's truth, right? Christ doesn't want us to hate others. The straw man is that the Bible believing Christians hate people and we don't. The lie is that by hating the sin, we hate the people and we don't. We love the people. We love each other. We love God's creation. God created us, but we hate what takes those people away from God, away from truth, away from life. That's what we hate. And so, again, you may agree, you may disagree. I would love to hear from you on this. I would love to hear, and and if particularly if you're like in, in a Catholic or whatever, this this is coming from a Catholic perspective. Um, when it came to this article, and uh, it's it's not something that that I I've never been a Catholic myself, but I I felt like we we really agreed on this being something that is an attack and an affront on the church, even still to this day. Um, you can always get a hold of us at uncommonsensepodcast.com. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.